there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Good evening and welcome to the week. Well, Mark Woody's here. I'm Paul Cooney, but only one of us has played against the greatest player, is he of all time? Lionel Messi finally gets his hands on that trophy, the World Cup winner yesterday with Argentina. What a game. We'll talk about it in detail with Barry Ferguson and Mark Woody. And what did you think? Is it the greatest game you've ever watched? 0808 17 17 700. And in Scotland, business as usual. Rangers winning the other night against Hebs. Celtic left at late. They dominated Callum McGregor back, scoring the 200th goal for Celtic of the Ange Postacoglu era. But Barry, we have to start. We want to start. Everybody's buzzing about that World Cup final yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, probably, no, probably, the, the best game that I've, I've watched with, with the amount of pressure that was on it, World Cup final, yep. um, some of the football, it everything. Absolute everything, and then for me, you probably get the two best players at this moment in time producing the goods at the highest level. Um, I just loved it, and um, I think in the end, Argentina just slightly de deserved it. But look, for me, Messi, in my time, um, has certainly been the been the best player, no doubt about it. But Mbappe, if he <laughs> continues what he's what he's doing on a football park the, the last couple of years he's certainly going to um, be in the running to be um, one of the best ever as well Mark is it the best game you've watched and you've watched so many over the decades uh, yeah I think probably it is Paul yeah as you know we think 100 and all in 135 to 140 minutes and bonus part I very rarely watch a, a full game now you know but I, I, I couldn't move off the couch yesterday it was absolutely brilliant credit to both teams I couldn't see France getting back into it. I thought, you know, at half-time, this is done and dusted. Uh, Argentina was superb. Um, Di Maria was outstanding. Clearly, Argentina tactically had identified something down that down that left wing and they played it well. And then Mbappe exploded and he's, he's, he's equaliser to make it 2-2. Um, it was absolutely uh, sensational. Argentina's second goal was sensational. Di Maria scored. But uh, I was absolutely delighted for, for Lionel Messi because Mbappe's won the World Cup and I think every chance he'll win it again, he's yeah. got you know, another three in him. But for Messi just to finish it off uh, that way and to do it on such uh, an occasion uh, at a World Cup, I uh, I think it's the best game I've ever seen. It would have been such a shame, Barry, wouldn't it? If we, I mean, we're neutral, I would say. Yeah, we are. But if he'd missed out on that, after everything he gave, scoring those goals, scoring all these penalties as well, and if he'd just missed out on it, then forever that would have been a, a huge regret. I think the world wanted them to win, unless you were French. Yeah, I, I think um, the football world, as you say, is apart from the, the, the French, yeah. um, were desperate for Messi to do it. Um, for the simple fact, is he's just a beautiful football player. He's, he's lit up the game... And you know what I like about him? Keeps himself to himself. You never see anything. He looks yeah. to me, he's a real family man. But when he steps on that pitch, Paul, I have never seen anything like it. Some of the stuff he does with a football yeah. is ridiculous. And um, 
I was absolutely delighted to see him see him win it at the age of 35 probably ain't going to see the next World Cup um, but I see he's going to continue on for another couple of games with Argentina but just to go back in the game as well I just thought the the standard of football and the standard of play that was on show was a delight to watch. Seven minutes to go or something and it looked as though it was going to be Argentina winning it. Did you think, you never know, because the French didn't, first half, they just went like themselves. I know they had a bug in the camp. Mm -hmm. Did you think they could come back? No, I'll be honest with you, um, but that man Mbappe yeah. um, produces a, the, the goods and it just shows you um, what type of character mm -hmm. um, that's in that French team. Um, but again, the, the finishes for Mbappe um, just cool as ice um, and as I said Paula it is without doubt the best game that I've I've been able to watch and Mark the Aston Villa goalkeeper and you were saying nice. 10 years ago he was playing way down the divisions yeah. Martinez what a save at the end yeah oh, it was. I mean I thought it was going to be a winner I thought 4-3 oh, yeah. and I was going to, to be honest I was going to be gutted because I wanted Argentina I wanted Messi uh, to do it so it was a great save were you, writing your, were you rewriting your intro <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's yeah. uh, and then for, you know, in the penalty kicks as well, you know, took me back to Bruce Grobelar, 1984 yeah. European Cup final, Liverpool v Roma. Grobelar was one of my uh, heroes, so I, I loved, he? yeah, I loved all those, all those antics. Um, so no, it was, uh, it was great. And, and you know, as much as Argentina have won it and credit to them and to, to um, Scaloni, but um, Dida Deschamps was brave as well, Paul. Yeah. With the two substitutions he made, when you look at Giroud's face, mm coming off the pitch when he looked almost as angry as, as Gorka did at losing the the uh, the, uh, the dancing uh, show on Saturday night the wee fella um, <laughs> but uh, what was it? what's that called again? Strictly yeah, Strictly, strictly. Yeah. Strictly. <laughs> wee Gorka was raging uh, so you, know, you look at that and he thought no, I need to gamble I need to do something to, yeah. to get a reaction Barry and it took a while but they but they got there but uh, it was just it was brilliant Um the only thing was Infantino spoiled it a bit at the end. Yeah, he wanted to hog it, didn't he? You know what? Yeah. I've not been impressed with him. You know, I thought when he took over from Blatter, Enton would be an improvement in Blatter. But then you see Infantino, the, the press conference that he gave at the start of the tournament has been covered. The one that he sure. gave the other day just before the final, I think he just comes across as being so insincere. Mm. And he doesn't need to be. He either needs to get a new script or he needs to just you know, be himself and prove a way of um, being himself. But the way he held on to the World Cup yeah, with, with the King of sure. Qatar and wouldn't he let it go and want to walk along City, he was, he'd just taken it too far. It's not about him. No, oh, well, It's about it, FIFA. It's about the World Cup. It's about the winning team. It's about the host nation. Whoever the host nation is, let them go on with it. But Infantino has been an absolute disgrace. But you know, he signed a tournament. new deal. He's going to be 15 years at the top of FIFA. That's the news today. Yeah, he loves the limelight. Yeah. 15 That's years, what it to me yeah. last night. He's going to be there till 2031. Yeah. Yeah. He's so funny, just so insincere. Yeah. His pressers sure. are a joke, an absolute joke. He's an embarrassment to football, some of his press conferences. Nothing could take away from Messi and the whole team, but he had a good go, didn't he? And Fantino, he tried to take the, the just the limelight from him. What a night last night. Barry, you reckon, we were talking about it just beforehand, people are calling in, 0808 17 17 700, you know what's going to happen, I'm going to ask you, what was your all-time favourite game? I'll ask you that shortly, that you played in, and Mark, the all-time favourite match that you watched, because it was brilliant for football, isn't it? It is the greatest game in the world, or is there anything that can be more exciting than football? In my opinion, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we... we we love being in here and, and talking about it and um, I, it was just brilliant to see because sometimes you get finals where there's a bit of nerves mm. um, there's some 
most of the time the games aren't like great spectacles but I just thought last night it was just um, it was um, brilliant to watch I thought the standard of football played was was great the standard of footballer was top notch and um, I, I just loved Paul the, the 130 minutes of football I thoroughly enjoyed it and I was absolutely delighted that Lionel Messi um, got his hands on it because for me and my my time he's been the, the best by um, a long shot mm. Mark you know we always look for the Scottish connection put a yeah. kilt on it as we yeah. always said yeah. in news and sport Alexis McAllister this, there must be a Scottish connection McAllister <laughs> I, I thought you were going to see Ali McCoy's co-commentary uh, we're coming uh, to that yeah, yeah. Uh, McC- and by the yeah. way what a contribution McAllister what made what a player he is what about his ball for, for oh. De Maria the way he just slid it across De, De Maria's held his run beautifully just to stay onside Messi's flick on, on the halfway line uh, the first ever Brighton have been player to play in a in a World Cup final so yeah McAllister's got, got links there is some kind of family Fife. link to, to Scott is it Fife, Fife Barry yep. so uh, no it was it kept a wee uh, it kept a wee interest there and what about Alan McCoy's his uh, comment about the, f- <laughs> the first hat trick in a World Cup final to actually go over the line? Yeah, brilliant comment. But do you know what? Yeah. Brilliant commentator. And I'm oh, not yes. just saying that. Did you watch ITV, STV? Yep. To watch him? I just yep. enjoy listening to him. Um, good good crack. But he knows the game inside out, Coyster. Mm. Oh, he does. He was sensational in the 2018 World Cup in He's Russia. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I put it over to it. That's right. STV. Same, yeah. same as you. But I, I, I promise. I yeah. text him during the match. Yeah, you doing it? And I thought, right, that's it. And he said, yeah. And he felt so privileged uh, to be doing it, to be chosen. You think there could have been twenty pundits that they could have yep. chosen, um, or co-commentators rather. And I've gone with him with, with Lee Dixon, but, but he stole the show. Sam Matterface is a very good commentator, but yep. I think uh, Ali works really well with John Champion. I think there's mm-hmm. a brilliant rapport uh, with the two of them. And what about Roy Keane? The, the beer's oh, gone, aye, eh? Aye, hey, aye. He looked French, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Old Tash. I thought, hee-haw, hee-haw. Roy Keane. It looked well. Yeah, World Cup well. final. It would make boys and girls want to play football, Mark. I would, I would reckon. Aye, yeah. it, was, it was just, it was great. It was great to, uh, even though you're, you're, I'm in my house watching yeah. it, you, you just felt a, a part of it. It was really, really special. And I can totally understand why, whether it was co-commentators, pundits, fans... Um, who were actually in the stadium? What a privilege! That that, that memory will never leave them. Never leave them. And see, as, as Barry said, Messi been a, a family man. Seeing him with his three sons on the yeah, pitch and telling them to come down nice. onto the the pitch. And you can tell with Messi as well, he doesn't make it about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't make it. Even though he is the focal point for the media and for the fans, he doesn't make it about himself. Uh, and I think that always kind of I probably always did lean towards Messi, but it's no factual. It's a matter of opinion. Um, but having watched that yesterday with him having the weight of a nation and properly uh, the weight of a nation on his shoulders, Argentina, uh, and the way uh, Ronaldo has behaved the last couple of months, for me, there's no doubt Messi wins it hands down all day long in terms of the debate over Messi and Ronaldo. The two of them. You're not saying he's the greatest of all time, or are you? Or, Paul, I don't, yeah, I don't, no, I know the greatest in the past sure. 30 years. You yeah. know, is he better than Maradona? Is he yeah. better than Pele? Sure. Look, there's different eras, you know, um, but certainly in the last 30 years or in the last 20 years, it's yeah. always been Messi or Ronaldo. Um, for me now it's uh, it's messy it's messy hands down Barry your eyes are lighting up look at that picture of him there at the stadium yesterday and it's messy with the players holding him up with that trophy I think Mark makes yeah. a brilliant comment there yeah. it's not about him and that's what I love about it yeah. it looks to me if he's um, he sees teammates yeah. he's like one of the ga- mm. one of the boys you know what I mean he's um, he doesn't for me he doesn't like the media attention he knows how good he is mm. but he doesn't make it about himself but he does his talking on the pitch 
That's he, what he does because some of the things that that guy does we have football, <laughs> as I said, yeah. Paul, is, is frightening. And normally, third and fourth position, people can never remember it. But to be fair, the crowd enjoyed it. The Moroccans as well celebrated the fact that they're the fourth best in the world and Croatia getting the third spot. And of course, Juranovic got that medal, Barry. And uh, so someone playing here in Scotland, Barisic as well, got the medal. Uh, it was it was decent, wasn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, good game. I mean, for, for me, Croatia, if you look at yeah. some of the players that they've got, they're, they're playing at the highest level. And again, they've got one of my favourite players playing. Yeah. I don't know if he'll continue to play for, for Croatia, Modric. Um, he's just a, a, another fantastic footballer, brilliant to watch. But in, in terms, it's great for the Scottish game. Juranovic and Barisic been over there yeah. and sampling um, the World Cup as, as footballers. Juranovic more because he played more than, yeah. than Barisic, but he was still a part of it. And um, to get third place in the World Cup behind um, Argentina and France is, is some doing that. Mark, and for Juranovic, the word today is that Barcelona have been watching him closely yeah. in the last few weeks. Yeah, there, there, there appears to be a genuine queue, uh, Paul, of, of, of really top clubs. And it would, it would, it would need to take a top club or certainly a top league um, from to A to, to afford the fee and B to, to persuade him to move. Uh, Sky Sports had all the stats up, all the right backs in the tournament seen that. today. And, and I think he topped four out of the five yeah, of the, of the different one. stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's impressive, Paul. We know every club now is big on their stats. And when you can now reflect on the stats he's played a part in Croatia uh, finishing third for me there is absolutely no doubt he's leaving next month it's just a case of how much for but when you look at those stats um, I think you, you will see it nudging nudging towards the £20 million mark a lot of signings now are stat, stat based yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the game's changed yeah the, the, the game yeah. has changed and I've seen that today as well about um, he, he was uh, top I think there was five or six, I can't remember. Yeah. And it was top of four of them. But I, I, overall, watching the games and you try and watch every single game, he didn't press. And you can see why clubs will be interested in him. And certainly for the domestic side of it, in our game, Scottish football, I think he's been a, a brilliant signing for £2 million. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing if you, if you think about it. And Celtic will be expecting six, seven times that. And they're not going to have brought that other player in, Alistair Johnson, two weeks ago, Mark, to have three fullbacks in the same position. No. They're just not going to have it. No, no, it's forward planning. Yeah. Certainly not at three million or three and a half million, yeah. whatever Alistair sure. Johnson's. Uh, it's big money forced. in Scotland. Yeah. <clears throat> it's forward planning. It's good planning. Look, look, you're losing a top player, but that that's that's the reality of Scottish football. That's unfortunately just what happens. You've got to make the most of them while they're here. And if you can buy in at two and a half and sell at, you know, 14, 16, 18, whatever the fee's going to be, and it's it's fantastic business, and the player as well, will more than quadruple uh, his wages. So you know everybody wins out of it. We're going to hear from uh, Ange Postecoglou after Celtic's win, the late late show they dominated at Petardry, but they got the win that you both predicted. Uh, we'll hear from Michael Beale, uh, an injury update. Connor Goldson, could he be back tomorrow night? Because we're back on right away, Aberdeen Rangers tomorrow night, and then Celtic in action on Wednesday night, and then there's games again on Friday. So it's non-stop here in the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Calls coming in now. Oh eight oh eight. 17, 17, 700. And Mark, today there was a really moving service for the late great Doddy Weir. Yeah. Absolute giant in every ah, brilliant, way. Brilliant. Uh, down there in Melrose in the yeah. church and also uh, at the rugby ground as well. And people on YouTube, thousands mm-hmm. tuning in. He was an amazing man, an amazing character. And the work he's done for MND and yeah. the research is relentless. Yeah, it's sensational and a, and a well deserved uh, 
turnout for him uh, Paul rugby's not really my sport but certainly know about about Doddy Weir and and the awareness you know, obviously you know MNDs um, you correct a lot with, with Jimmy Johnston Fernando Rickson but but you know for Doddy Weir and you're talking millions and millions and millions um, he absolutely put his heart and soul into it the past three or four years and uh, you know obviously tragic that, that he's passed away but his legacy's there and the awareness and the money that, he, that he'll raise and and the, the charity's foundation will live on uh, and yeah. his name it won't stop and uh, he's a, a real, been a real credit to his family and to, to his sport and uh, may he rest in peace of course and he had a great sense of humour Barry I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of times at the Kilt Walk and he's uh, he was unforgettable yeah but you're right and just obviously I mean I've known people who have suffered with MND yeah. and it's, it's not a, a nice um, illness but I was listening uh, on Go Radio there was one of his ex-teammates who they're going to say, listen, they want to keep this going and try and get a cure for the, the millions that he's he's raised over the, the course of the time that he's had it. So, yeah, it was sad times, but hopefully at some stage, because you're seeing more and more people with mm. MND and, and it's, it's not a nice and they're, illness they're young to have. as well. They're Very young. young. So hopefully in time, with the millions that are getting raised, um, hopefully they can find a cure, Paul. certainly has raised the awareness of it. And you're right, people in football are affected as well, Mark, and um, it can happen to anybody. So, yeah, there's a young yeah. uh, fella, that was it, um, Stephen Darby as well, um, down south. He's, his wife's the, the England and, and Man City player. He's got his foundation too. So, yeah, the, the more aware, it's, it's about awareness, Paul, and obviously the generosity of people in the UK is, is absolutely um, incredible. We'll go into, I think we'll hear from the old firm, firm manager just after the break. That's what we'll do next. And Barry, your favourite game that you played in, come on, throw one in now. Let's just say it. What's the, we'll talk about it later, but we'll ask what the Celtic fans think of it as the former Rangers <laughs> captain. What was your favourite game? Listen, I'm lucky enough to play in, in quite a few memorable games, Paul, but it's got to be the, the 2002 Scottish Cup final. Um, just with the, the quality team that I played in, but also the quality of the opposition we were up against as well. I think if you look back at the two teams, it was a real ding-dong a, a final. And um, I, I thought of it, I'm, yep. I'm no, I'm being honest here, I thought we just edged it and deserved it. But for me, it was two top-class teams with top-class players. We're going to come back to that then. What's your all-time favourite? And people listening, give us a call. 08, 08 17, 17 700. And we remember that game well. 3-2 win for Rangers. What do you think? Call us now. And also your thoughts on the World Cup final yesterday. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Radio Football Show just hours after the FIFA World Cup Final 2022 2-0 to Argentina with what 7 or 8 minutes to go and suddenly double from Mbappe 2-2 extra time then 3-2 Argentina and then 3-3 and then the penalties and Barry how cool was Lionel Messi to take the first penalty and to come up and, and the way he took it yeah but I mean both of them him and Mbappe you know what I mean that that's um as I said, that's why they're top players, Paul. Under severe pressure, but they can handle the pressure, these players. And as you says, cool heads. Um, certainly, I'm sure they would have been, they'll admit there was a few nerves, no doubt about it, but um, brilliant penalties, um, again, from, for me, at this moment in time. Two of them are, are the best about. Martinez, did he get it right, Mark, as a former keeper? Yeah. Uh, do you think he did the right thing and the bit that nonsense? Yeah, yeah. Paul. You know, you, you do what you do within the laws of the game to try and win the game. And uh, if he got into the minds of the France players, only 
only the French players will know if he did or not and um, you know sometimes when you do that you, you maybe set yourself up to look really silly if you don't win uh, but Martinez um, you know pulled it off and uh, credit to him he's a, he's a top goalkeeper Let's get down to the weekend business here in Scotland. You know that Rangers had won uh, 3-2 against Hibs on Thursday night. So Saturday, lunchtime, Aberdeen against Celtic. Celtic with 81% of the possession. It was the Callum McGregor goal that made the difference. Here's the manager speaking about his captain. Yeah, you know, sometimes... Look, I said, like I said, we, we did awfully well without him, but he's a fantastic footballer, so he makes our team better, absolutely, so... Um, I was, I was, you know, super happy to get him back in the side, and uh, he got what he deserved. Because again, I thought he was really important for us today. <clears throat> he dictated the play in, in that middle of the park, made sure we didn't sort of get, like I said, too anxious about scoring. You know, bided our time and a great finish. And what about the game overall, Ange Postecoglou? I think I, I can't remember a game football we were so dominant, and we probably should have won a lot more comfortably. But uh, yeah, difficult place to come to and uh, yeah, I just thought we were totally in control. Obviously we needed the goal, came late, but that's not unusual for us. And uh, But yeah, credit to the lads, just really disciplined in our approach. Uh, never got frustrated and uh, got the just uh, rewards. Barry, I'm going to ask you about how you feel Celtic played, but I see Jim Goodwin's getting some criticism because the way they defended in such depth. Yeah, um, look, on the eye it wasn't great to watch, but I, I think if Jim's team managed to get a point... Everybody would have been um, congratulating him in the, in the way that um, he set his team up. Look, the, I thought defensively they were strong. There was no doubt about it. The problem they had when, when Celtic did give the ball away, which was very rarely, Aberdeen just, just couldn't keep a, a hold of it and they gave it away um, straight back to, to Celtic. But in terms of Celtic, they're so dominant, Paul. And even watching the game, they missed a few chances in the second half. I always felt that they were going to score. Kyogo. Especially, and, yeah, and, and there's, there was no sign. They had a couple of wild shots, yeah. but there was no real sign for me that they were getting frustrated. And it's easy to get frustrated when you're that dominant and you, you start feeling sorry for yourself, or this is not going to be your day or, or whatever. But credit to Celtic, they kept going, um, and Callum McGregor uh, come up with the goods where a fantastic strike and again um, he was head and shoulders above everybody in the pitch but you thought Celtic would still even with three minutes to go plus injury time you yeah, I'll be honest I was sitting on my couch hoping it wouldn't happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I was never confident that, that Aberdeen could could hold out um, they, they were probing non-stop Celtic uh, they were getting in good positions and I think I thought it was going to take uh, something like a, a shot for outside the box and it was a special shot I don't think the goalkeeper could have done anything about it it was a good move James Forrest I think made the goal with his back heel um, yeah. into Callum McGregor and, and then he obviously with a great strike into the, the keeper's bottom left hand corner um, but they were so dominant Celtic they started for the first whistle to the the, the, the final whistle um, it was just all Celtic and Aberdeen's problem was they just couldn't keep the ball when they, when they, they got yeah. it and when the that was very rarely but when you're up against top teams you've got to have a, a bit of composure at times and that's what Aberdeen severely lacked and it'll be interesting to see what way he sets up tomorrow night against um, against Rangers because if you remember the last time Aberdeen came yeah. to Ibrox a few weeks back they were really wide open and scored first get, but then yeah boom. but they, yeah. they get battered 4-1 um, with Rangers and if I'm being honest I watched that game it could have been 8-9-10 yeah. um, that day so I'll look forward to tomorrow night it's a yeah. tough it's still going to be tough for, for Rangers so it'll be interesting to see whether Jim plays the, the similar way he did against Celtic 
or he's going to open up a bit and um, and have mm-hmm. a go at them. Mark for Celtic, nine league wins in a row and going into the game yesterday, they were 10 points better off than this time last year. So <clears throat> it just shows you the, the improvement um, that's been made, uh, Paul and um, as Barry said, and Ange Postecoglou said that you know they're, they're patient, they don't panic, they, they feel that it's coming, and great for Callum McGregor, great for James Forrest as well. You know, sometimes he's a bit of a kind of forgotten man in the past uh, year, year and a half, but he's still got a hell of a lot to offer, and he's still a huge part of the the, uh, the Celtic squad. So yeah, the, the the leads back to nine points. Celtic have got Livingston midweek, Rangers. Um, I've got Petorja tomorrow, Dingwall on on Friday. So two really tough games um, on the road. I'll be interested to see what uh, lineup Michael Beale goes with tomorrow night. On Celtic, I thought Abada made a difference yes. when when he came on at half time. He came on for Maeda. Maeda. Yeah, my, look, Maeda does a real good job. Look, he's 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 work rate. You, you can never fault just the quality at times. I, I thought Abada did make a big difference to Celtic and Yakimakis coming on. I've said here. Uh, a few times I wasn't too sure of him but he's, he's listen he knows where the back of the net is and I just thought Celtic looked even stronger when he came on listen Kyogo's been unbelievable for Celtic the amount of goals he scored and listen he chases lost causes he, he gets in behind but I just think Giacomacus brings a, a physical presence as well up up top and um, he certainly knows where the, where the back of the net is albeit he never scored yesterday but I did think they too did make a difference when Postacoglu made the changes. Jimmy's been on the socials, Mark, saying why didn't they start with um, Abada rather than Maeda? Because Maeda is direct and he tracks yeah. back a lot, but he doesn't cut in in the way that Abada does, who gave a couple of great chances for Kyogo. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's always, you know, with, with Jimmy or any other Celtic supporter that's watching the game, it's, you know, it's with the benefit of hindsight. Paul, you know, yeah. Maeda's still a, a good player. He's probably mm-hmm. come back on a high. He'd be buzzing. He scored at a World Cup. <laughs> he's just scored in the World Cup finals played for Japan helped him get into the knockout stages so yeah and that's where the manager spoiled for choice you know he could have started with a bad and it's no what Tamida comes off the bench so look yeah. it's great for Celtic they've got options because what you know is if you're an Aberdeen defender and you say to yourself oh Maeda's come off I've managed to see him off I've managed to keep him quiet who's off oh, it's a badder how are you feeling or vice versa so look it's a, it's a cliche but it's a squad game Celtic have got 18, 19, 20 outstanding outfield players and the manager could pick a starting 11 um, and, and you know still get it right making up team changes Nine points in it hasn't changed after the weekend elsewhere at the weekend the table looks like this after the 16 games Celtic on 45 Rangers on 36 Aberdeen stay on 25 Hearts on 24 after their win against Kilmarnock St Johnson on 24 after their win at Dingwall Livy on 23 of course their game was off St Mirren stay on 21 Hibs on 20 Motherwell on 17 the game with St Mirren was off as we told you on Friday Ross County stay on 15 they were down to 10 men but was it stupidity yesterday or the day before Kilmarnock on 15 and Dundee United anchored on 12 points 08 08 17 17 700 we'll talk more Celtic shortly uh, let's talk a bit of Rangers Rangers in action tomorrow as Barry was saying back up to Aberdeen and then they're at Dingwall on Friday night huge few days for them let's get the injury update from Michael Beale. in terms of injuries nothing really to report from the game the other day we sent Stephen Davis for a scan uh, to a slight issue well we hope it's a slight issue and we'll see so he was the only player that won't travel tomorrow uh, along with obviously Kamar Roof compared to the ones that have been training but everybody else Connor Goldson will, will come back into the squad tomorrow. Connor Goldson, let's hear a bit more. 
Well, he's a strong voice as well. I think we all saw that in the season when there was no fans in the stadium. All you could hear was Connor moaning. But that's actually quite a good thing because he gives some personality to the team. Football teams now in general are quiet. Um, you know, he's someone that in probably the last 250 or 260 games for the club has nearly played 99% of them. So when you have a player so uh, consistent in terms of selection, when you lose him for four or five games, it does rock the squad especially when the other centre-half has changed so much. The left-side centre-half has not been as consistent in the same time. So we're delighted to have him back in the squad. Whether him and Ben are able to go full tilt for 90 minutes, we'll have to see. And then we have the game on Friday coming thick and fast. Barry, what are you thinking for tomorrow night? Well, just listening to that last mm-hmm. comment, it, that tells me that both Golson and, and Ben Davies will start the game. Because he says how long they can go for seen whether they can go the full 90 minutes I think it's so important that they get them back but also you're a bit worried for the length of time that both of them um, have been out certainly Connor Golson but listen he sees them every day yeah. he'll be in constant contact with the, the physios and the fitness coaches and whatever but he is important Connor Golson he's a presence but he's not just a good player in my eyes he's a communicator and what Michael Bill says that's getting lost to the game and it's so important that you've got guys in the pitch whether they're talking absolute nonsense at times it's just hearing their yeah. voice it keeps you on your toes and that's certainly what Conor Golson is for Rangers but you heard him I picked up on that he said teams are quieter now have you noticed that? Barry? yeah I've, I've, yeah. I've noticed a change over the over the years um, and I'm sure Mark will agree with me he watches football every single weekend live um, and that is a dying breed somebody who is um, a proper communicator and a leader. Um, like you get other players in the team that are leaders that will perform and score goals and, and make chances, but I still think there's a place that you need one, two, three players in the team who are constantly talking throughout the game and organising. Um, and as I said, I, I do think it is getting lost to the game. Why? Mark, what do you think? I think it's probably a social thing I don't think it's limited really? to football yeah I think it's a lot to do with the, with the phones that the communication has been lost what are they texting uh, Paul, each other yeah. in the game <laughs> yeah, not genuinely yeah. I, I think I it is mean, the, the, yeah. the, the communication has been lost you speak to any manager now up and down the country part time full time like you go to games you'll be lucky now if there's one guy who Barry says just shouts just constantly right. on the talk. And sometimes players need that to actually help themselves mm-hmm. uh, focus but it's even like um Man on time, yeah. you know, just wee mm-hmm. basic oh, things of communication that was a gimme 10, 20 years ago. I mean, you think Barry was a captain of the Rangers, but there was six or seven other guys who'd have been vocal. You know, if he just wanted just to take 30 seconds off, Amaruso would have stepped in, or Newman, or DeBoer, or Alberts, or somebody. But now, nah, it's not it's not there. And even as well, I think we've talked about it before, like um, characters in dressing rooms. Yeah. A bit of wind up now. Yeah. And, and the best mm-hmm. possible, not so changing, you've got HR and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, <laughs> Just having a bit of a wind-up, yeah. you know, coming yeah. in in the morning, you know, bump, 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 bump. It's not there anymore either, which which is a shame, but it's it's, it's just the way um, it goes. You two are wind-up merchants in here. I'm always <laughs> on to HR, but they're like, beat it. <laughs> Let's hear a bit more from Michael Beale ahead of the game tomorrow. What's he thinking about Aberdeen? I'm unsure, to be honest. You know, you try to prepare your team for everything. I watched the game. I thought both Aberdeen and Celtic played in a, in a, in a good game. I thought... You saw all the, the the sort of patience and the work that Ange has been doing with Celtic in the last year in terms of how they played the game and how they were patient. And I thought you saw an Aberdeen team that had a game plan and were close to executing it. There was a few close moments in the game where they were lucky not to concede. 
It's whether Jim thinks that's the way to go against us. I was at the game at Ibrox, what, six, seven weeks ago. Um, and obviously, we play very well in that game. And uh, So you're unsure, you just prepare your team for everything you can. I've been up there and had some feisty encounters in the past, but it's, uh, it's two new managers in that. So obviously, that was Stephen and Derek, and, and they were fantastic games. I thought they were everything that was good about Scottish football. So I'm enjoying enjoying going up there or will enjoy going up there because I think it's a good game Mark that could be tasty couldn't it those two oh, Michael tomorrow. Beale and Jim Goodwin yeah <laughs> tomorrow night it's got the makings of a of a cracker you know right away you know Jim Goodwin and these players feeling that, that you know in terms of the Aberdeen supporters and the likes of Willie Miller and stuff you know they've come in for a lot of criticism so I think he's yeah. got it he's got to be a wee bit more open tomorrow night now how he goes about that I don't know and, and for Rangers it's just been tighter first and foremost we know that Rangers will be expansive and they'll have a go but they need to be tighter um, at the back and I, and I think that's where I'll probably agree with Barry that the way the manager's talking there um, Goldson and uh, Davis are two set of hash because if, if, Steve, if Stephen Davis is uh, out mm. I think I want Lundstrom in the middle of the pack mm -hmm. um, just you know particularly going to a place uh, like that so um, no I think it's got all the makings of a of a cracker Tuesday night under the floodlights <laughs> yeah cold, cold night uh, up there there'll be goals in the game Barry he was saying almost exactly what you said just a few moments ago about how Aberdeen uh, could well play Who's yeah going he's in? coming yeah. in for criticism yeah. and look I can see why because they, they couldn't keep the ball mm -hmm. but I mean if he got a point it would be a master stroke sure. with, with yeah. Jim Goodwin he's held Celtic who at this moment in time the strongest team in Scotland um, they're sitting top of the league they're flying high and um it's, it's all different because obviously Callum McGregor scores that goal so it will be um, interesting to see what, what Jim um, does I, I think he, he may go the similar way but he, the players will need to have a bit of composure when they when they lose that ball but this is a big test for, for Rangers um, tomorrow night it's, it's always a feisty encounter when you go up to Petaudry I, I used to love going up there yeah. um, get absolute dogs abuse every single time but I didn't mind that mm -hmm. And um, Rangers need to come away with three points because Michael Beale made the comment we've seen they have to win every game. Paul. Here's the manager speaking about somebody who might unlock the defence tomorrow. It's Ryan Kent. Yeah, he might be sick of me because he's known me since he's 14 and he probably thinks, who's this guy coming back in again? But no, on a personal level, it's nice to work with Ryan. He's the sort of player that I like. Very two-footed. He's actually someone that you'd actually say to your academy players, like Yanis Hadji, to watch because, you know, very two-footed, can go both ways. I like him to be a bit more free. I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't like him playing on one side of the pitch. I like him to have the... <coughs> the licence to roam and, and you're right he's coming into his best years and let's hope that they, those years are here at Rangers yeah th that tells me he wants to try and build the team round about Ryan Kent um, I, I liked his performance last week against Hibs um, I, again I'm just going to be greedy with Ryan Kent I, I just want more assists it's the final bit in his game that's letting him down but you could see it's starting to come uh, together. Michael Beale's mentioned there, he's known him for 14. I think there's a good relationship there. He's given him a, a different role where he can go and be free and play anywhere he, he wants and, and certainly he had a, a good performance and he'll be key. He'll be key tomorrow. He's the one Rangers player that you would look at that can unlock the, the Aberdeen defence with that one bit of magic um, and hopefully he can continue the form that he showed against Hibs at Ibrox. 
into the game tomorrow night. And Mark, how key could that be for Rangers? You wonder, maybe Ryan Kent will sign a new contract. Maybe, when you hear now Michael Beale a couple of times mm. talking about that long-standing relationship from the age of 14 with Ryan Kent. Yeah, yeah, he's known him since a, a kid uh, um, at Liverpool in the, in the academy. Um, uh, Ryan Kent strikes me as a, a type of player, Paul, that's a confidence player, as, as a mm. lot of wingers are. Um, strikes me as a kind of personality that needs an arm round the shoulder, needs to be loved, needs to be you know, cajoled and taken aside and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind that. You do what you need to do to get the best out of your talent and I think Michael Beale clearly gives him um, that. Now, whether that's enough to, to persuade him to play these troops long term, it'll certainly give them uh, a better chance. It'll come down to money, um, obviously, but it'll be handsomely paid if he decides to, to stay um, on um, at Rangers and maybe it could be one of those inverted commas agreements where maybe he signs a two or three year deal and there's a there's a level of understanding where we Michael Beale say listen give me next season let's have a crack at this together let's see if we can go and get this title back from Celtic if it works great you can go we'll put a set fee into the contract if it doesn't then we'll give it your all and we'll shake hands and we'll we'll call it a day those kind of, those things happen and there's a bit of protection for both sides um, so maybe that's something that they'll that they'll work on Barry what do you think on that? Yeah, I think there's a chance that Ryan Kent may sign a new contract with the relationship he's got with Michael Beale. Um and obviously you want to play at the highest level. You want to go down and and try the, the Premier League or another league um and get a handsome payday. So I, I do I've got a feeling that it could work out that he gives him another including this season, eighteen month or even another season if he agrees a contract just now half of this season half of next season and then the January window he, he may look to to move on but I, I get the feeling that there may be a good chance that, that Ryan Kent um, would stay because to be quite honest with you I know I've gave him a wee bit he's come in for a bit of criticism yeah. but one thing you can never label about Ryan Kent and I, I've watched every Rangers game he does give 100% he does he's a team player he does the dirty side of the game really well the only thing is you want to see Ryan Kent going the other way and go and produce mag magical moments and hopefully in time he can get back to that sort of form. Rangers fans, what do you think? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go, 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 go. This time tomorrow night we'll be looking forward to Aberdeen against Rangers and on Wednesday night Celtic against Livingston. Barry, just a wee smile there. You're laughing at. <laughs> yeah, you're just wondering where Chris is, and then you just get the bad news. He's off until right, January. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. It's for the listeners. <laughs> me on the traffic. Anyway, did well, oh, <laughs> it's all these screens up here. Oh, that, uh, yeah, I know. As it's Saturday, exactly. as it's chalk out there. Isn't it? How's the dramatic pass the, up especially there? Especially with the dark nights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rangers will be on their travels, of course, up north, uh, the north east tomorrow the night. Yeah. Do you think will Rangers stay up, Barry, or will they come back down? Given that they're Aberdeen and then Dingwall it's a good question Paul yeah. it'll be interesting because obviously they've got as you just mentioned there they've got the game obviously tomorrow night at Pataudry mm -hmm. and then the, the game on Friday night up at uh, Dingwall um, I don't know if anybody asked him in his presser what yeah. the situation would be ideally I mean I know it's getting close to Christmas and a lot of the players have got families and partners or whatever but I would think it would maybe have been a good idea to maybe stay up there um, stay after the game travel staying in Inverness yep. on the Wednesday because normally the, the day after a game it's a recovery session sure. 
and then it's a lighter session uh, the day before a game um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do whether they travel up in bus come back in the bus and maybe fly up to, to Dingwall on the Thursday because sometimes or, or, they fly don't they yeah yeah, they, yeah they've been known to, to fly up a, a few times so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do they've got a few options um, but I'm sure Michael Beale and his staff would have, would have made that decision is it true that sometimes if you lost up north Inverness you were forced to go in the bus rather than fly or was that did Martin O'Neill do that with Celtic yeah yeah, yeah I think uh, I think it was in the Seville season wasn't it they lost to Inverness in the cup <laughs> Um, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah, he, no, he put no, on the bus. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did. Yeah, and I, I think he he handpicked a few <laughs> and uh, yeah. just said it'll be the bus down the road for you guys. And uh, don't want to hear a word out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think these things happen sometimes, Paul. Yeah. That's good management. Exactly. You're not against that, Barry. Are no, you? no. I've been kicked off a bus a few times. I've been kicked onto the bus and then kicked off it a few times. <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, Ange Postacoglu commenting on the Celtic win, the late, late show they dominated. I mean, I saw Aberdeen had two attempts on goal, not on target. Celtic had 33. Aberdeen, no. Shots on target, Celtic had 10. And it was Callum McGregor who scored late in the game. Here's Ange speaking about the match. Oh, I think they had one shot right at the end, but you, when you're dominating game four, and it's hard for the lads as well, you know, because when, when they're sitting so deep, you know, we've got to sort of create the energy, the drive, uh, the tempo in the game. And, you know, we had some good chances that usually we'd put away, but through that whole uh, sort of process, we never lost or wavered from our approach. And... Uh, <coughs> Yeah, great for the skipper to step up, but a great way for him to come back, come back into the team. Football's about goals, Barry. We saw it yesterday in the World Cup final, and Callum McGregor's goal was the 200th goal in the era of Ange Postecoglou. Pretty good scoring record, isn't it, in 18 months? Yeah, I was just about to say that. It, um, just under 18 months, he's yeah. been there, 200 goals. It's the style of players, they're very attack minded. Um, but the game on Saturday, they had to show a bit of patience. Because um, it's easy, Paul, as I said, to get frustrated when you're creating the chances and you miss a few, then you can lose the concentration. But um, I just felt watching it, Celtic were always going to um, get that that breakthrough. But in terms of Aberdeen, from a football point of view, it wasn't a great watch. Mm. But from a, te- a defensive point of view, they were really well set up, um, rigid and compact. But as I say, when you, when you get the ball, when you're playing against a, a, a top team like Celtic, you've got to at least keep it. But they were just kicking it back to Celtic. And it was just like waves of attack, um, non-stop. And what about Callum McGregor? As a great midfielder yourself, Barry, what do you make of the Celtic captain? I just think he's grew into the role. Um, look, he's, he's always been a very good player, Callum McGregor. But when you get that armband, there's added pressure mm-hmm. and expectations that get put on your shoulders. And I think he's... He's handled it really well. Um, and I think Celtic handled it well when been out injured because that was always a worry. I'm sure Postacoglu would have been worried that your main man, the, the, the driving force in the middle of the pitch is going to be missing. But I think Celtic handled that well. But you've seen the difference um, in the game on Saturday when he's in the team. He just keeps the ball moving. Very rarely takes more than three touches. Uh, and as I said, he comes up with big moments at times. And that's what he'd done um, at Petodre. Some captain, isn't he? I see some of the news today. Stephen Welsh is attracting suitors, including Porto, who are looking at him just now. I know he's had an injury problem recently. Stephen Welsh, did you see him moving maybe in January? Perhaps, Paul. Uh, yeah, um, that's one maybe to, to, to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, it, the balance for, for Ange Postacoglu is that he's 
he's going for a treble right now mm. there's a League Cup semi-final next month the Scottish Cup starts tight Homie Morton and obviously the, 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 the title race so it's getting the balance of giving players game time not having unhappy players about the building but also being selfish and putting the football club uh, first but I think Ange Ponstecoglu is quite fair that way I think he's got a, you know, a good level of understanding um, on a human um, level so I'm sure that's something that, that he'll assess and it could well be maybe we're a day or two before the window closes not necessarily Stephen Wells but in general you'll maybe see two or three uh, moving out to get some game time What, what strikes me about Postacoglu is if, if any player did spit the dummy out mm-hmm. I think they would bout the door I don't think he would um, take any any of that sort of nonsense and um, I, would, I would like to think Michael Beale would be the, the same at Rangers look players want to play um, but you can only pick 11 and um, the, the 11 he picked um, wasn't it well it, it was working but you, yeah. you see the, the difference of the as I said Maeda getting took off at half time Abada coming on and you see Yakimakis James Forrest the, the, the quality that they're, they're replacing the players that are in the, in the team at this moment in time is um, they look a really strong squad and that's what Rangers need to need to get to they need to get like a couple of players in each position they need to be aiming for that and I'm sure Michael Beale knows that and I'm sure he's over the last two or three weeks has identified where he needs to go and hopefully strengthen in January if not in January it needs to certainly be in the summer Here's Anne speaking about that 200th goal School goals, yeah and, uh, <laughs> No look, it's, it's who we want to be you know, um, home or away you saw our approach today um, we're going to go at teams and, and you know we want to entertain our fans and uh, and play our football and um, it's served us well so far and we want to continue to do that and uh, you know, as I said uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously a difficult place to come to but uh, we handled it well and, and got the rewards So everyone knows what the Celtic identity is Michael Beale has been speaking about the identity he wants for his Rangers Yeah I think it's important that we just continue with our identity I thought first half the other night you saw an anxious team an anxious crowd which will happen when you concede so early and then concede straight after scoring yourself so at half time it was important that we just focused on trying to play in the identity that we we discussed and we've been training and we did that second half. And I think at this moment in time for us, that's the most important thing, to try and get performance happy. I think that will double up with the results. I certainly don't just want to go all for the result and no style or substance because I think over a while that might we might get tripped up with that. It's important we get to the style that we want as quickly as possible. That's what he needs, isn't it, Barry? Yeah, I mean, go back to that game against Hibs, they, they did look nervy and, and maybe some players, because it was the first meaningful game they want to go and impress and they're, they're, they're trying too hard but I just thought there was a lack of discipline I spoke about mm-hmm. it certainly if, if you're going to play that way you need to have one or at least two players who are anchoring in the middle of the pitch I just thought they were they were on for the counter attack and it left the two centre backs wide open um, and bear in mind the two centre backs that were playing are central midfielders yeah. herself so I'm sure you'll see changes going forward and he did make the change to be fair to him in, in the second half. And the difference that made with Ryan Jack being more disciplined and Kamara a bit more disciplined, the difference in the second 45 was was night and day. And um, going forward, I'm sure you'll see subtle changes. And um, But look, they need to bring that sort of performance they did in the, 
in the second half against um, against Hibs. Mark, it's one of the biggest part of a manager's job now, isn't it? Meeting the media and feeding the media machine. Uh, Michael Beale, there was some criticism the other day when he spoke about the other team. Mm-hmm. He's spoken about that and actually some really good piece coming from him today. The other day, I, I used the term other team. Listen, you know, I'm new back into the country, lads. I didn't get where I am being disrespectful to anybody. I've got no... I was asked a question, you're nine points behind and my answer was, well, we have to win and the other team has to lose some. That wasn't in any way disrespectful. I want to cut that short where that is. I've got no issue with, with naming the other team's names, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, whoever it is. No way am I ever going to be disrespectful. Between now and the end of the season, we have to win every game, including three old firms, and pick up the goal difference to, to get in front. So we know it's a tough ask. So in that comment, that was a very innocent comment that's been taken too far. I have no... I'm a, I'm a coach that respects to come back into this league because I enjoy it. I think there's very good managers in this league. I think, as I said, no one in this league gets to buy a ready-made player. Everybody, everybody in this league has to have a development plan. I think what Ange Postacoglu has done in his time is very impressive. Mark, impressive answer. Yeah, yeah, you know, addressed it. Um, you know, maybe it has been blown up, but it's just a wee, it's a wee lesson to him. Paul, just so you can speak for half an hour as a manager of Rangers or Celtic, speak well for 29 and a half minutes and one or two words, you know, can 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 do you in. So he'll learn um, about that. I think that's one thing that we all saw which was brilliant for this city because we all know what like this city can be. Um, was Postacoglu and Van Bronckhorst as human beings led by example, led their clubs by example and had that respect that you hope filters its way into, into both, you know, stands over the... The close game, which is a difficult thing to achieve, right enough. But you, you need you need a respect for for, for each other um, at boardroom level and at management level, and it certainly existed in the dugouts between Van Bronckhurst and Postecoglou. The other thing there that he said too, which is right, which he should mention, is that you know he respects other managers. Now you look at him; he's maybe apart from Stevie Hamill, the most inexperienced manager in the league in terms of game time at a senior level. So he's up here like like Callum Davidson's won two cups, Malky McKay won a promotion. Uh, with Cardiff down south uh, and the championship so so you look at that he's got to go and earn it he's got a brilliant job as a manager of Rangers now what he has to go and do is show that he's worthy of that job and the only way he's going to survive is by winning the title I don't think that's going to happen this season he's inherited too big a task but certainly for next season he's got to go and show that he is capable of because we all know he's a, he's a fantastic coach that is not up for question tactically he is bang on it's can he manage Rangers to overcoming a hell of a strong Celtic team and it's a hell of a challenge for him but it's one that he's taken on and he's got to go and do it more on that in the next hour The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go no change right at the top of the weekend in the Premiership Aberdeen nil, Celtic 1 Callum McGregor scoring late in the game Hearts a 3-1 win over Kilmarnock Killy fans what are you thinking um, getting worried down near the bottom Barry said on Friday you reckon Derek McInnes will pull away from there and St Johnson winning at Ross County Barry Kilmarnock at the weekend no surprise losing at Hearts but what are you thinking 3-1 I fancied Hearts um, yep. to, to win the game Um and I do think I still think Derek with the experience he's got as a manager um, he'll, he'll keep them clear as I said Paula I fancy it to to be a shootout between Ross County and and Dundee United um, but listen time will tell I, I think it'll be between the three but 
You asked me on my opinion, yeah. and I, I think it will be Ross County and, and Dundee United. But in terms of Ross County, what a result that is for St. Johnson. Yep. They've just carried the form on before the World Cup break. And um, I'm sure Callum will be quietly saying to his staff and his players, we want to try and get top six. Um, and I think they might get it. Mark, you were at the game at the weekend yeah. and Ross County were up the Jordan White goal yeah. and then there was a moment of madness, the keeper and the defender yeah. and he had to go. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, maybe a wee bit old-fashioned that way, probably just for me, it's a, you know, clear your lines moment, you know, you're a goal up and there's half an hour to go and I get it, it's all about possession and playing out for the back and that's where the guys are coached, I get it, but sometimes I still think there's a place in football for just clearing your lines, getting your shape back and, and uh, regrouping, but credit to to, to Stevie May because it he, he was dogged he kept nicking in they put Baldwin um, under pressure and forced him into the mistake then Ali Crawford yeah. two really good uh, finishes but uh, you know Ross County obviously get Rangers on Friday they played well a real bit of pace uh, in their team at, at Ross County in wide areas real good pace um, in there but yeah for St Johnson six unbeaten up to fifth um, in the table and, and, and credit to uh, to Callum Davidson for that and also you know the directors for sticking with them because I know he had such success in 2021 mm. but it was a, a poor end to last season and it started badly this year yeah um, it was. A, it's, I think it's been a rebuild at, at St Johnson yeah. um, Paul so you know what um, Callum's achieved in two years he's won cups mm. he's then been through the, the pressure of the other side of trying to keep your club in the league which, which he came through um, in the end and now he's you know had to rebuild and he's you know you talk about recruitment you know he's recruited very very well well, you look at Considine, yeah. McGowan, um, Clark. Carey, Clark, um, you know, been really, really good. Young Mitchell on loan from, from Millwall, um, goalkeeper as well, had to replace Xander Clark, um, Remy Matthews, a solid goalkeeper. And, you know, you, I think I was watching um, Sky Today and, and they were talking about managers that what you want to do is improve players. In fact, I think it was it was David Martindale was talking about Ange Postacoglu saying that, you know, every player that he's got he's improved and you, and you can see that with uh, with Callum Davison as well at, at St Johnson. so yeah I think from memory probably about 50% of the, the pundit stroke journalists pick St Johnson they go down mm -hmm. uh, at the start of the season and uh, I don't think that's going to happen now have you got names and addresses <laughs> 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 who was the most difficult manager you ever worked with or coach you would say hey I didn't like the stuff you did or Ooh. actually I'm not looking at the downsides but just when you said there not every manager that's been in the Scottish game yeah. probably <laughs> oh, there, the late Jim McLean was quite a guy wasn't well, he well do you know what yeah. the first one that sprung to yeah. mind um, for, and, I, and I liked him I really liked him but oof he could be nippy uh, was we Tommy McLean oh, Tommy McLean it's we not Tommy. you it's your paper oh, I remember <laughs> I, uh, we Tommy but yeah. I mean I've been been yeah. flung out with a few of them you know, remember, um, <laughs> Ali McCoy's Tommy Burns Ali McCoy's uh, yeah, yeah Ali McCoy's band uh -huh. with me uh, for Rangers Tommy Burns <laughs> Tommy Burns threw me at a Celtic Park a couple of times um, well, phone calls at the house Martin yeah. O'Neill phone call at the house oh, he, he said it um, last two weeks ago yeah, so yeah. Oh, look, there's been a few yeah. but over the piece you just try and be fair and I've always said look you, you, there's no way everybody's going to agree with your opinion or, or what you write or what you say but as long as you can back it up and you're saying it for the best possible reasons um, then fair enough you know Barry, dealing with the media when you're managing? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, on a number of occasions, uh, I'd wake up and get the paper and, mm. and look at Mark Guidi's uh, star rating. Right. And a few times he gave me some poor one. Uh, what, was the, what was the worst he gave you? Eight. <laughs> well, I tell you, that's, I think I said it when I, when I, when I started yeah. in Glory Radio about 18 months ago. Um, uh, Barry, I think Barry's maybe only <laughs> one or two players I ever gave 10 out of 10 in the Sunday right. Mail star check. Uh -huh. Yep, I think it was him in and uh, Brian Loudrop and I might have given Stirling Petrov a 10 once but 
Ain't a lie, only two or three, because you had to be, like, you know, absolutely exceptional to get that. Matt, and there was one. I'm, I'm positive yeah. I'd, I'd give uh, Barry that brought a bit of balance to him when they get because most weeks you get three. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> did get a, a tip. but look, we know Paul. We covered it. Sure. And you know we 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 work with him yeah. now, and, and he's a colleague, and he's a pal. But he was he was an an exceptional footballer, oh. and it was great the fact that it was Scottish, and to come into that Rangers mm. team so young and take that responsibility on his shoulders and excel. He wasn't in there as a talking Scotsman. He was in there because he was a a top player and uh, no, it was it was great to watch his, his career absolutely superb and tomorrow night John Hartson will be here and thinking of that game that Barry said was the best game he played Aye. in uh, and John Hartson he scored for Celtic Rangers yeah. winning 3-2 Aye. in the Cup final 2002 your mm. memory of it then yeah covered, covered yeah. that game uh, I don't think there's any doubt Rangers deserve to win it if you look back over the course of it it was a ding dong two brilliant teams you look at the starting 11 look at the two uh, managers involved Martin O'Neill and Alec McLeish um, it was a brilliant um, Scottish Cup final and um, yeah from from memory uh, Rangers deserve to win it Barry your memories of that did you think it was going to slip away from you it looked as though it was going to go to extra time didn't it late late you'd scored in 69 minutes yeah and um, obviously Neil McCann brilliant run um, down the left hand side and he hit the ball in earlier than he normally would have I think mm. he would have took it on an extra 5 or 10 yards but a brilliant ball for Terry and, and Peter Lovenkrans with the the header, what are you laughing at? I'm like, ta- Terry. Oh, all right, right. Well, Neil, Neil yeah. McCann. I know, no, um, that, was, that was from the I always go back to it. Listen, two fantastic teams. Yeah. Some of the players that I was playing in the Rangers team, but you knew, looking across in the tunnel, some of the players that were in, involved in in the Celtic team. In my eyes, they were top quality players. Mm. Oh, some I, huge names in I, both teams. God, yeah. you think about, yeah. you know, Larson, Sutton, Hartson, you know... Um, you know, Lennon, Petrov, Lambert, you know, then another the team. Rangers, you've got, yeah. yeah, you've got Stefan Kloss, Champions mm-hmm. League yep. winner, you, you know, you've got Lorenzo Amanusu, you've got Barry Ferguson, you Peter Lovenkranz, Neil McCann, Arthur Newman, Gabby Amato, Andre Kinchelskis, George Alberts, Rod Wallace, Giovanni Van Bronckers. I mean, you go on, and let's not forget Big Oz, Craig Moore, so you go on, and on, and on. There were two brilliant yep. squads, you know, and it's more than, more than 20 years ago uh, now, but, you know, at that time in Scottish football, both getting into the Champions League on a regular basis as well and, and, and getting into knockout stages ah, they, were, they were a credit that's a good question Big Oz when is he coming back Barry from the World <laughs> Cup break I think he's back um, I, yeah. I think it's the 3rd of January okay. Big Oz is, is back he's missing the big one we'll yeah. be on well, I, I yeah. might be wrong okay. there I'll, I'll yeah. give him a text but listen he's back seeing his, his kids over in Australia yeah. which sure. is great yeah yeah, I'm sure he'll be having a a good time but um, he's definitely coming back the, the start of January the kids will have had enough of him now won't they to be fair <laughs> yeah. no he'll be back with us an hour or two is enough for big horse <laughs> next couple of weeks some of the headlines then after that amazing game yesterday Argentina winning the World Cup and I heard people in you know, the weeks running up to it saying oh it's, it's going to be there it's just going to happen it's written in the stars I heard Simon Jordan and I like his stuff in yep. the morning I've always got Gary Marshall in one ear yep. and uh, it's a funny way to go around <laughs> <laughs> listening in the other one to Jim and Simon B he was saying oh no I, I, you know it's not these things written in the stars no such thing but I think it was wasn't it Aye. for Lionel Messi yeah there, yep. there was just something um, about yesterday Paul it was just brilliant I, I, only, I just have to be honest as much as I enjoyed it I wish I was there it was one of those yeah. guys I thought mm-hmm. you know Lucky enough to cover three World Cups, and I'd have loved to have been um, at that one yesterday. My God, I, I would have been. But even just watched it in the living room, it was, it was so so special. What was your best World Cup game ever? I mean, we've not had a great time following Scotland. It's brilliant to World, be there. World, but, World, World uh, Cup game, um, beating Sweden. Remember, was great in nineteen ninety. Italia ninety. Yeah. Um, 
throw that one in. I think Gordon uh, Strachan scoring in Mexico, I, I remember, I, I against Germany. Yeah. I, I can't think. Of, one of the ones that I, that I really enjoyed, and it was a, a, a typical for Scotland, it was an oh so close uh, one, was, was Wembley. In, in the playoff, Barry played ah, yeah. when, when we beat England one 0 Don Hutchison's header. Then yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Christian Daly's been denied by an outstanding stay by David Seaman, which should have taken it to, to extra time. That was an also close one. Rod Stewart being at the game, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, the Scotland Italy game that, that Barry played and scored in at Hamden yeah. again, oh, and also close yeah. um, one. But um, you, you, you know, that's a favourite game that I've obviously Barry's played in games. So the, the games that I've covered. The, the best one I've seen, Paul, was the 2011 Champions League final at Wembley. Barca 3, Man United 1. Guardiola against Sir Alex. Messi scored in it. And that is the best performance I've ever seen from a football team, from 11 players on the pitch. Barcelona absolutely destroyed Man United. Yeah. I mean, it was at Wembley. And uh, what an absolute privilege to to be there and, and, and uh, see that performance from that Barcelona. You remember team. that one, Barry? Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. I mean, that was um, every Barcelona player was 10 out of 10 in that day they were unbelievable to watch but in, in terms of the game yesterday the World Cup final match right, I would have loved to have been there a, a good friend of mine and Mark Guidi knows him Doc McGuinness used to be my doc at, at Rangers he's over there now working for Qatar uh, and he says he texts me he says, is he there? Yeah, it's ah, the best game yeah. I have ever yeah. been to live and watching it it would have been amazing to, to, to sample what it would have been like in there so Doc. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's the best game I've seen. Yeah, best ever. Yep. Doc, give us a call from Qatar. Transfer charge <laughs> to the Gorbos. I don't I can yeah. afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the World Cup final. So, Argent, can you imagine? I see some of the pictures today in uh, Buenos Aires and elsewhere. It's the, out in the streets, millions of people uh, enjoying it. And France played... I mean, imagine scoring a hat-trick in a mm. cup final and not winning. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but uh, again, what what age is Mbappe? Twenty three. Twenty three. Got it all ahead of him, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, and Matt, I forgot. He's already won. He's won it. Yeah, he's won exactly. Champion at nineteen. Yeah, sure. Yep, yeah. He's won the World Cup. Um, but again, on on the biggest stage, mm. these players produce the goods, both Mbappe and and Messi. And as I said, sometimes you get cup finals where you think, oh, it's not a great watch. But that yesterday, my eyes were glued to the TV for the full. Um, 130 minutes or so. I've never, another thing, I've never seen players crying during the game on the bench. And I think from memory, it was such a ding dong, but I think from memory, when Argentina went 3 2 up, Messi scored at the start. And by the way, Lee Dixon's dived in the commentary because he said Lionel Messi's just won the World Cup for Argentina and there was still 12 yeah. minutes to go. Mm. Uh, but it scanned to the bench when I think it was 3 2, and you see Di Maria, somebody else sitting beside him, another player. They were actually in mm. tears. And they're thinking the emotion, we are going to win it, we are going to win it. Lionel's getting the winning goal. And then again, that's taken away from them because Mbappe, uh, with the penalty, then they've come back again. But I've never seen players crying uh, with emotion during a game. Juranovic, will he be back in a Celtic jersey? We're not sure. We doubt it. He'll go at some point. Barcelona, the latest in a litany of clubs. Huh? Atletico Madrid have been mentioned as well. Um, Torino were mentioned last week. So it looks as though he's going. Celtic seem to be well prepared. But they will miss him, Mark. I mean, he's a terrific... Chelsea's been mentioned as yeah. well, Paul mm-hmm. Bollock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, it looks as though he's going to go. His, his agent's clearly very busy behind the scenes. You know, he, he, he's, his client who's riding the crest of a wave and won't part of a creation yeah. team talking most of the stats in terms of the, the right backs um, so he's hot he'll never be hotter than what he is so A that's brilliant for the player in terms of he can you know greatest respect to, 
to Celtic Scottish football he's going to go and play at a bigger level than, than the SPFL Premiership um, So he and, and he'll make a hell of a lot of money personally and B for Celtic it's the business model that unfortunately that, that we have to accept but that's the way it is and that's the way it should be buy cheap um, sell at a massive profit and that's what's going to happen with uh, Juranovic For Borna Barisic he made one appearance there and we saw him every time he's got the third place medal here's the manager speaking about his return to Ibrox In terms of uh, Borna they was back home in Croatia yesterday I think they had a parade another one into today as well which is obviously worthy of of the achievement they had as a small country I thought they were fantastic in the World Cup so we're hoping he'll be back for the Motherwell game making sure that he's, uh, he's fine and can get back in the country and he's fit and healthy. So that's the plan at the moment with him. Enjoying the parades there, I would think, uh, for yeah, Barisic. Again, yeah. I mean, what is Croatia? What, 30 years old or something? Um, three million population? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what, I mean, what, what an achievement Amazing, that is. It? Listen, yeah. go and enjoy it. I mean, yeah. great achievement to finish third. Um, but he needs to get back as quickly as, as possible because Yilmaz looks to me if he's going about for a, another few months that looks to me if it's a real serious hamstring injury um, so I'm sure he'll give him a bit of respite because he's been training every single day he's obviously been involved um, in one game but um, the quicker he gets back I think it'll be the um, it'll certainly benefit Rangers because um, young Divine I will say got to give him credit I thought he'd done brilliant he's naturally a right back to go and play at left back and do the job that he'd done last year, the, the young man can be um, proud of himself. Football Insider today is saying that Keanu Bakus of St Mirren, he's on the radar of Rangers. Could you see that, Barry? Yeah, he, he's a he's a player. I know Oz has um, chewed my ear off a, uh-huh. about him yep. to, to watch him, and, and to be quite honest with you, he's impressive. Um, I think St Mirren may struggle um, to hold on to him. Whether he's good for Rangers or not, that, that, that'll be... Yeah, that's to be seen but he certainly impressed me with the, the games that I've seen him in for St Man. and Mark how much must you take from playing in a World Cup finals for these players so uh, many of them playing for Australia must be really special uh, Paul you know we've spoken about Juranovic about Barisic as well in their careers for our country you know winning, uh, finishing third place in consecutive World Cups uh, oh, sorry runners up they were the last time actually um, so you look at that um, and then the Australian players that are based David Wotherspoon getting a, a chance with Canada Alistair Johnson coming in uh, to Celtic so yeah it's, it's very very special very few get to do it you know Barry tried it several times with Scotland nearly got there so to go and actually be a World Cup to be in the, the base camp and the preparation and everything that goes with it there's no doubt you can understand why players say it's the it's the highlight of their, of their careers that was a look at the weekend. We're looking forward to the games this week. Aberdeen Rangers tomorrow, Celtic Livingston on Wednesday, and then on Friday, Ross County against Rangers and Motherwell against Kilmarnock. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Go, 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 go. Radio Football Show, 0808 17 17 700, Mark Guidi. Barry Ferguson and Paul Cooney after the World Cup final we're still buzzing about it so many great games but nothing to touch France against Argentina 3-3 at the end and then 4-2 in penalties impeccable penalties Mark as well from Mbappe and yeah. from Lionel Messi yeah. but it's a couple of the French players it was just too much too late and I think Martinez the Argentinian goalkeeper made a difference yeah, yeah it, it did and you know one thing I was glad about actually Paul was that 
it, there wasn't like one single villain, you know, the guy that had to score to keep it in, and therefore he became the, the, the sort of story, if you like. So the fact that, that France won, sorry, Argentina won the penalties so comfortably was a good thing. You know, the focus then became on on Messi rather than maybe there being, you know, uh, somebody for France who was a who was a villain. So that was a, a positive. And then Mbappe as well, three penalty kicks, all in the same position, um, into the back of the net. And, and as you said, they were on Paul to score a hat trick in a World Cup final. And being the losing team, essentially scoring four goals, he put his penalty away uh, to it's just one of the the subplots to what was a fantastic uh, World Cup final. I don't know if it's been the best World Cup mm. ever, but certainly the the best World Cup final ever. I'm sure of that. Yeah, maybe not the best, Barry. It took a bit of getting used to, didn't it? In the middle of winter. Yeah, um, I, I'll be honest, Paul. I, I never kind of took it at the at the start because mm-hmm. um, because of the time. It's, it was on November. Your domestic game closes down like a lot of the leagues over the over the world. Um, but as it went on, there was some really good games. But as I said last night, I mean, for that to be in a World Cup final and the quality that was on show and six goals and then the penalties, um, that was just brilliant to watch. We'll get more fresh audio from Ange Postacoglu tomorrow, I would imagine, ahead of the game with Livingston. Do you love it this week, guys? There's so much football in. It's good, isn't yeah, it? Right. All the way up until Christmas. Saves you from the shopping you organise, Mark. Are you? Aye, yeah, aye, I'll just about. A couple of wee bits of running about on Friday, just kind of last minute things that can yep. only be done at the last minute. But yeah, aye, aye, pretty well. Uh, organised. Dan's got it all ship shape. It's nothing to do it's, with me. Yeah. And Barry, I know you. You are organised. Yeah, but I mean, I only yeah. need to buy for one. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so good. much. Oh, <laughs> no, but my, my, my missus is frightening. I mean, she, she starts away by, yeah. I mean, end of September, into October. I mean, she's really, really organised. Um, but listen, I've got nothing to really do and just get presents for one person um, or Christmas dinner and all that sort of stuff. And the kids, that's all dealt with, with the missus. So you can watch and get ready for the game tomorrow night. Aberdeen against Rangers. Let's turn to that just now. Let's get some more updates from Michael Beale today. He said there's been quite a focus on the Rangers' defence. We know that last week against Hebs, that all the recognised central defenders were injured, unavailable. So he's got a real defensive focus with the news today that Goldson and Ben Davies certainly sound as though they are in the squad. Well, the other day, we, we didn't have to defend in open play. We had to defend from a set play, which we fouled at the start. And it's been a, it's been a bit of a problem for the team team I think for the last few months and then off the counter attacks we had problems and they're two areas that you know we have to be uh, we have to be good at if we're going to be a possession based team because certainly if you're going to put the amount of players in front of the ball that we do we can't have sloppy turnovers we need to be very good in our counter pressing and transition and on set plays we need to stand up and be big and take responsibility we got caught out with that in the first 15-20 minutes on on Thursday night but we improved in the second half so I'm not going to beat him on the head. We've had a chat about it and we have to keep improving. Barry? Yeah, I, I agree with him. Look, the, the set-piece um, goal from um, Portis, uh, it was just real poor defending, just losing your markers. Um, you need to make sure you're half open, make sure you've got your, your uh, touch tight to your your opponent or your marker. And then, I'd, I'd, I agree with him, I did think Rangers were vulnerable with Hibs on the, the, the counter-attack and that's what I go back to I don't think there was enough discipline in the, in the middle of the pitch um, but listen it doesn't help you, you've got six defenders out on a night you've got Hollander, King, Barisic, Yilmaz Golston and, and Davis you know it is a lot of players um, and, and I felt for Sands 
in Lindstrom because um, as I said I, I just felt the Rangers were too wide open and it never really helped him but listen there's no excuses the, the two goals that Rangers lost were, were very poor and you, you can't allow that to happen Here's the latest on the injuries In terms of injuries nothing really to report from the game the other day We've sent Stephen Davis for a scan uh, to a slight issue. Well, we hope it's a slight issue and we'll see. So he was the only player that won't travel tomorrow, uh, along with obviously Kamar Roof compared to the ones that have been training. But everybody else, Connor Goldson will, will come back into the squad tomorrow. Connor Goldson in there and he mentions Ben Davies in another um clip as well. He's also speaking about up front. He's missing, of course, uh, Cholak. Just for years, I told you Cholak available for this game. No, he will be available on Friday though. That was direct, Mark, wasn't it? So Cholak back for Dingwall. Yeah, which is you know good news for him um, in terms of knowing that he's got another option, a bit of freshness to come back in on on, on Friday because that was what was just going through my head there, Paul. As you were playing the the clips, I wonder what he'll do. You know, again because we don't know because this is his, his first stint as a manager. Will he say to his team if he can? Let's see. You know, Rangers win tomorrow night. Will he say same eleven? Go again. Look, I know it's tough. It's based of three days, two away games at difficult venues, live in the telly. But get every ounce out of you. Saturday, Sunday, we can rest and we go again for the midweek before um, Celtic on January the 2nd. So we don't know what kind of guy or manager he's going to be or, or will he chop and change in, in three or four um, kind of changes. But, you know, they tend to be, if you win uh, on Tuesday night, if they win tomorrow, barring injuries, you kind of want to build momentum and say at the same 11, you know what, go again, let's go and do it again. And a win tomorrow puts that little bit of pressure on Celtic, doesn't it? You know, the three points. Yeah, I, I heard them saying they need to win every game. Mm. In my eyes at this moment in time, and I'm just being honest here, <clears throat> I don't see Celtic drop many points until the, the old firm game. You, you know you know what old firm games are like. So Rangers, these next three games are crucial. Certainly this the, the, this week, Tuesday, Friday, up in Aberdeen, up in Dingwall, they need to make sure that they get maximum points. And I like what Mark says there. I would tend to stick with the same team, get a bit of momentum. Is, is it tough? two games in three or four days it is but listen they're professional they're looked after they're fit enough they're athletes so players should be able to handle um, these sort of situations and they've had a break for quite some time I mean five you should, weeks should be chumming a bit Paul yeah. should be, you know if you're fit and available you want them are you you'd be taken as an insult if he doesn't select you for the two games in a row so go for it that's what the Rangers for there's a, there's a you know you want to go and make a fist of a title so you drop any points this midweek you know the, the title's as good as gone so they need to keep it going and you want to to earn the, the trust and earn the respect uh, of the new manager and, and show that, that you're worthy of that jersey and if you want to become anything close to a a, a champion you've got to go to Pataudry and Dingwall and win the games So here in the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors in the first hour Barry Ferguson said he thinks there could be a new contract for Ryan Kent there could be in January and he may even stay for another year or whatever what are you thinking both of you about Morelos scored at the uh, on Thursday night Mark first what do you think Morelos is there a way back is uh, he getting better looking a bit leaner but if it's just down, if it's just down to me if I'm putting myself in Michael Beale's uh, shoes as, as as a young manager um, for me I, I try and move Morelos on um, now whether that's next month or he thinks he's going to get a tune out of him, um, you know, do it in the summer or whatever. I think, but if he can get money in from next month, uh, I would take it. Uh, my, my view is different in terms of Ryan Kent. Um, you know, I'd really make a, a conscientious effort um, 
to, to try and keep him. I know Michael Beale doesn't control the finances, that's out of his hands, but in terms of how he can treat him as a, as a human being, put an arm around him, then yeah, I would put a lot of energy into that. But in terms of Morelos, um, I think he's a really good striker, Paul. There is no doubt about that. But he's a headache. He's let down the football club far too many times. And uh, I think he's, whether it's next month or six months from now, I think his time's up. Barry, what would you do? Well, first and foremost, it frustrates me when people say, oh, he look, looks like he's lost a wee bit of weight or he's working harder. Um, you should be doing that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You should be looking after yourself and, and making sure when you step on that or cross that white line that you're rolling your sleeves up and giving 100%. That should be a given. Um, should I, be. Yeah, it should be. But in terms of Morelos, you know what I think of him. I really like him. My honest opinion, I don't see him being at Rangers after next season. I may be totally wrong here. Um, but I, I, I think he wants to move on maybe and try something different. Whether that's in January... I'm unsure if a, a silly offer comes in they might look to it but I think the way that I'm seeing things I think Michael Beal might want to keep him until the end of the season but then the hierarchy will have that decision Sure Let's take a, a phone call Brian is on the line from Governor Rangers fan Hi Brian How are you doing guys? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me on No bother uh, The point I wanted to make was I don't think anybody else was going to win that World Cup other than Argentina. Because that of the... referee last night was an absolute disgrace. That yeah. was never a penalty. And there was a challenge with Messi when the French were on the attack. The big guy's looking at the ball and only the ball just outside the Argentinian box. He jumps to head yet. But Messi comes from the side and smashes into him and hits the deck and the referee gave the free kick the other way to Argentina. Watch it, rewind that and watch that and anyone you tell me that's a free kick to the Argies. Never. Mark? I remember the incident Brian's talking about, yeah, just about 20, 22 yards. No, when I watched it and I watched the replay as well, Brian, it didn't um, it didn't strike me as um, as uh, Messi being the guilty uh, party. Um, I think it was just a free kick. I don't think it was anything more um, than that. And I think overall, the Polish referee, I thought got, got everything just about right. I thought it was a penalty. Uh, the first one, I thought it was a penalty. Um, the other two, you know, and uh, you know the, the thing about the referee was brave because it, it wasn't a VAR decisions, Paul. He wasn't going over to the screen to double check. He was brave. He called it first time, and he wasn't overruled. And um, in terms of opinion, because penalty kicks are about opinion, they're not factual. Uh, I thought he got uh, all three right. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think they're in the soft category, but I do think the three of them were, were penalties. In terms of the referee, I just more look at what was on show mm -hmm. in terms of the game. Um, I just thought it was a brilliant spectacle, brilliant players, loads of goals, loads of incidents, um, going into penalties. Um, but in terms of the referees in the World Cup, there has been a few poor referees, yeah. if I'm being honest with you. But in that case, it wasn't. Because, Brian, you feel as though they had decided it was going to be Argentina. Yeah. Oddly enough, they lost their first game to Saudi Arabia and never lost a game again. As did you see it again? Watch that one of the incidents for the ref what the referee's chanting somebody and he puts his fingers across his lip and twists it as if to say shut up you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you enjoy the game though? It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And uh, I'm happy that we Messi done it because he was top drawer, wasn't he? He was really top drawer. 
You're warming up to it, Brian. I was wondering there because we talked about it earlier on, but Barry was saying it's the great things in the game that you will remember rather than... Yeah. I thought maybe the penalties were soft. I remember we said earlier yeah, on. But I, yeah. I think they were. They, they were soft, but I, I would say there's... And the way the modern day, days game's going, I do think that you've got to give them his penalties, but... Um, I was worried that Brian was going to say that he didn't enjoy the, the game there. Yeah, Brian? Why was there no VAR for the penalty? Why is it there? There, there, there was, and I think that if you listen to him, in the, is it uh, Peter Walton's is on STITV and there's other ones, so VAR would only have intervened, Brian, if they thought that the referee had made a clear and obvious error, as in that they didn't think it was a penalty kick, therefore they'd ask him to go to the screen. So the fact that he's not been overruled uh, he's not going to VAR it does mean to say that VAR weren't all over it they were and they've agreed with the referee's uh, decision had they felt that he'd made a howler they'd have alerted him to it and told him to go over and have a, a check at the screen so therefore it tells you that I agree I, I think they're soft I don't think they're stone wallers but I think the three of them are penalty kicks but in contrast with Scotland Brian where we're trigger happy aren't they they want to go to VAR all the time yeah that, that's what I think, I think that referee yeah. I think I've got to credit him for being brave Paul it's not like he's no called it and then the play stopped and VAR have told him to go over to look at the screen for the first, the second or the third penalty kick. Even the handball, the third one, boom, right away. Come out there, yeah, that's a chance to make it 3-3. But So he was very, very brave. He refereed the game the way the game should be refereed and I think you've got to give him enormous credit for that. Right, Brian, Robert and finished the second one. How good a finish was that? Ah, sensational. Absolutely sensational. How good a player is he? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I can remember a player with, but I was saying <laughs> off air with that sort of pace. How long did he bat 23. Phenomenal, wow. isn't it? I mean, see, no, I don't, he's that fast, but he's also so skillful yeah. Yeah. as well. I mean, he nearly scored that at the end. Yeah. I mean, that, that bit of movement. I mean, he's going to be, he's just a, a frightening footballer. I mean, he's so just going to be better. His best years are still ahead of him. Sure. And look at the drive he had. Almost single-handedly, mm -hmm. he brought France back from the dead. And if they'd won it, you could hardly argue with it because he perf that would have been four goals he would have had then. Mm. Yeah. That one right at the end. Phenomenal. It's a brilliant finish. Yeah. Quick gear change for you then, Brian. Looking forward to Aberdeen against Rangers tomorrow night. What are you thinking? Yes, Sam. I just All I want is a settled uh, defence. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make any complaints about this and that. It is what it is. But I just want to see uh, a strong, the strongest possible eleven on the park, and then if they win, beat draw, then I'll have no complaints. I just want to see the Rangers' strongest eleven on the pitch, and we'll take it from there. And you happy with the appointment of Michael Beale? Oh. No comment. Oh right, so you're not you're going to reserve judgment to wait to see. Yeah. yeah, and GVB, yeah. do you think that Giovanni went too early? I think he was very harshly treated. Mm -hmm. Mark, quite a few Rangers fans yeah. feel that. I mean, you look at the record books, you'll say that he went to the final mm -hmm. European competition six months I, later I, and I, won the cup. I, I think yeah. it was yeah. the last few league games yeah. or like, dropping the, the points against Livingston, obviously St. Johnson and the St. Mun one. But yeah. I, I felt from it, I think maybe he could have got a bit yeah. longer. But look, they've made the decision now. We need to try and back Michael yeah. Beale. Time will tell, but I'm, I'm with Brian. Like, so saying all the right things yeah. or whatever and he's seen his set up against Hibs just time will tell and hopefully Rangers get back to being successful again Brian thanks very much for calling in can I just finish by saying sure. Michael Beale said to the lads I want you to go and win 2-0 at half time and they've done it yeah good point good point thank good you very much thanks Cheers. for having me on guys all the best Cheers, thanks Brian. for calling Barry and Mark 
The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show every night between five and seven. And then tomorrow morning, the breakfast show with Crofty and Gradle. Lots to be won between now and Christmas, Mark. There's some great competition. So I know you'll be tuned in when you bit, get up yep, in yep, the morning. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, about half 11. Yep. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the breakfast half show. Good, yeah. Great chemistry with Crofty and Gradle. Brilliant, uh, brilliant chemistry. Thoroughly enjoy the show. And I started watching Two Doors Down. Oh, actually, it, it is funny, isn't it? Oh, great oh, characters. Yeah. It's really good, really funny. <laughs> I'll well, I'll be great doing it, but honestly, some of his his scenes are, are really good. <laughs> okay, that's enough of a plug for that BBC that, program. That, that's great doing no acting. I, I know, exactly. <laughs> he's just a funny guy. He's got ah, funny he's, bones, yeah. hasn't he? I've got a bone to pick with him, but oh, have you? What's yeah, happened at the panto? Christmas night out. Last I week. know. Yeah, not here. I know he's got a panel, but come on. They do, I expect better. Look, I pulled a sickie for one night. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine telling that to... No. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're looking forward to... Where are we? Uh, <laughs> Elaine C. Smith. No, move oh, on. She's, she is brilliant in it. Some of the lines. Oh, Hilarious. Great. The last ah, line. Really, and Jonathan Watson. Oh, the... brilliant. Ah, <laughs> yeah, really good. Good fun. Uh, Taggart as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just a bit of, yeah, he's, he's, he's got good. a great part, isn't he? Brilliant. He's a great actor, oh, isn't he? Oh, he's really yeah. good. Really good. Okay. Alec Norton. Yeah, well, oh, well done. Great product knowledge. So, Crofty and Grado tomorrow morning from when you wake up, 6am tomorrow. Aberdeen Rangers tomorrow night, then Celtic Livingston on Wednesday. Ross County Rangers on Friday. Motherwell against Kilmarnock. Mark, Motherwell will be looking forward to get playing because of the game with St Mirren being off yeah. at the weekend because of, you know, damage of yep. the uh, the ice and the, mm. the, 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 the a bit of flooding, I think. Ah, yeah, yep. un- unfortunate for, for, um, for Motherwell that that happened. You just can't control these things sometimes, Paul. It's not to do with the pitch or the playing surface. It was other factors, so uh, you know Stevie Hamill and his players will be desperate to get a game um, November the twelfth. The last time they played, and uh, for Kilmarnock, albeit they lost on Saturday at Tynecastle, but Derek, I'm sure his staff and his players just be good to get that ninety minutes uh, under their belt. So you would think that would give Kilmarnock a, a slight edge going into this game. And for Livy, they would have liked the game to go ahead at the weekend, Barry, but it went off as you know on Saturday morning. Is that a bit of a task to come? Cold to Celtic Park against the league leaders. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to help. We obviously no getting minutes in the players' legs. Um, which, listen, going to Celtic Park's always a a hard ask. Let, let's be honest with you. But one thing about David Martindale and his uh, and his team is they're very well coached. They're very well set up. Um, they're hard to break down. Um, but also they've got they've got some decent footballers. Which I think a lot of people forget. Yep. They just label. Yeah. Livingston, either this long ball team, they're a big physical presence. Yeah, they've got a bit of presence about them, but also they can play the game as well. And up against a Celtic team who nine league wins in a row, Ange Postacoglu, they left it late, 87th minute, Callum McGregor back after, uh, you remember it's RB Leipzig game, so that's October when he last played. This was the manager speaking at full time. I think, I can't remember a game football we were so dominant and we probably should have won a lot more comfortably, but uh, yeah, Difficult place to come to, and uh, yeah, I just thought we were totally in control. Obviously, we needed the goal, came late, but that's not unusual for us. And uh, but yeah, credit to the lads, just really disciplined in our approach. Uh, never got frustrated, and uh, got the just uh, rewards. And the return of, as he calls him, Cal. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Look, I said, like I said, we we did awfully well without him, but 
he's a fantastic footballer. So he makes our team better, absolutely. So um, I was, I was, you know, super happy to get him back in the side, and uh, he got what he deserved. Because again, I thought he was really important for us today. <clears throat> he dictated the play in, in that middle of the park, made sure we didn't sort of get, like I said, too anxious about scoring. You know, bided our time and a great finish. Yeah, it could have been the return of the Mac. Could have been the the headline, but yep. um, no, Callum McGregor. Just you know, first and foremost for him personally, Paul. Great to see him back because he's a a good footballer. He's a captain of Celtic. Been wonderful for his country. Uh, great ambassador uh, for the game. Phil, when you think back to eighteen months ago, had a tough, tough role to go and fill the armband from Scott uh, Brown, one of Celtic's most successful uh, players in their history, and. It's been seamless and uh, it's been a big credit to, to Andy as well to have somebody so reliable on and off the park. I think that Joe Hart, Barry knows Joe Hart very well, I think that Joe Hart has been a really good influence on Callum McGregor as well and inside the four walls of the, of the restroom for running the place um, for the manager and a couple of other senior players. So yeah, it's been good and for him to come back into competitive action and score the winning goal been absolutely beautiful for him. Barry, John's been on asking... How much do you think Juranovic will be worth? So many clubs are in from Barcelona the latest today. How much for the Croatian international? Well, see, when it looks at there as a number of clubs that are really interested in him, then you can start getting bidding wars. And I said um, last week, 10, 11, 12 million pounds. But see, if you get these sort of clubs that they're talking about coming in, and you get a bidding war, war going, what, what, what is three, four, five million pound extra to these clubs? It's, it's, it's sweet of money, Paul. So, um, if they get 15 million pound or run about that, that is some bit of business. 18 months ago, buying them for two million pound. Because um, it does look to me if they, they are, or he is looking to get away in January. I've brought um, the Canadian international in. Ralston had another good mm -hmm. game. And, and Saturday so yeah it'll be interesting to see but with the performances he's had domestically but going over to the biggest stage in the world the World Cup and playing really well for Croatia yeah I think they could be looking at yeah easily £15 million now and Mark you saw some of the stats today Juranovic yeah. the most open play crosses at the World Cup fullbacks number one Josip Juranovic 24 yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's stopped, he's topped um, most of the stats boards that, that all football clubs will, um, will look at, Paul. So his, his stock has, um, has risen dramatically. Most um, passes, Mark, sorry, yeah. 37. Yeah. Luke Shaw, 25. Yeah, he's beat, yeah. he's beat them. He's beat them all. So um, you, see, you see that. That puts him on the radar, Paul. We've always said that with the greatest of respect. Um, if you look at players that have played for Celtic and Rangers, particularly Celtic in the past 10, 12 years when they've gone for... 12, 14, 16, 18 million. They don't, they don't get that value by beating Motherwell and, and Partick Thistle and, and Morton. They get that by doing it on the highest stage. Now, whether that's the Champions League or in this case for Juranovic, it's the Champions League and the World Cup. So there's been speculation about him for, for six months now and clubs have been interested. But I think the interest will turn into bids now on the back of the past month at the World Cup. And that is financially... Fantastic news for Celtics. I, I think it will nudge up towards the, the £20 million mark. Am I correct in saying he's got a contract until 2026? Ah, it was a proper long-term one, yeah. yeah. So it needs to be top dollar mm. um, if, if Celtic are going to do business. Um, and that, that's been Celtic's model now for many a year. Um, so look, I think they, they are bracing themselves for, for bids in January. 
Kieran Tierney kind of money, who was what twenty five million to 25. Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so is that the thing? The only thing that, that makes me just a wee bit, uh, well, not that close to 20 million has been reserved, but there, there is, no, I don't think there's a sell on in Juranovic. So he's 27, 28. Mm. So you're kind of paying a one off yeah. fee. That said, as Barry said, it's nothing at the top clubs, next to nothing. No, you look at the the Cucciarella at exactly, Brighton, 60 yeah. million. Sure. You know, hopefully Brighton 60 to Chelsea, million. 60 million quid. The guy with the curls. Yeah, and, and he can't get a game. Yeah. Um, so. And I know he plays on the left hand side, but you, yeah. so you look at that. But that said, as much as there's probably not a resale value because you're buying Juranovic to go and play for you for the next three or four years, you're not buying him to fatten him up and, and move him on. But you're getting a player, I don't know if Barry agrees, but you'd normally, most circumstances, peak years are kind of 27 to 32, 28 to 33. So you're potentially getting Juranovic with the best five years ahead of him. Yep. Looks as though he will be going. Celtic have, you know, they, you can't replace him, but they've got Alistair Johnson coming in. Tony Ralston is there as well. But we'll keep you up to date with what's happening there. For We'll have more from the manager, I would imagine, tomorrow evening ahead of Celtic against Livingston. That's Wednesday night's game. And then Friday, Ross County Rangers, Motherwell Kilmarnock. But tomorrow night, Aberdeen against Rangers. Here's Michael Beale looking forward to that uh, game at Petardry. I'm unsure, to be honest. You know, you try to prepare your team for everything. I watched the game. I thought both Aberdeen and Celtic played in a, in a, in a good game. I thought you saw all the, the, the sort of patience and the work that Ange has been doing with Celtic in the last year in terms of how they played the game and how they were patient. And I thought you saw an Aberdeen team that had a game plan and were close to executing it. There was a few close moments in the game where they were lucky not to concede. It's whether Jim thinks that's the way to go against us. I was at the game at Ibrox, what, six, seven weeks ago. Um, and obviously, we played very well in that game. And uh, So you're unsure, you just prepare your team for everything you can. I've been up there and had some feisty encounters in the parts, but it's... Uh, two new managers in that. So obviously, that was Stephen and Derek, and, and they were fantastic games. I thought they were everything that was good about Scottish football. So I'm enjoying enjoying going up there, or I will enjoy going up there, because I think it's a good game. It's going to be some game, Barry. You enjoyed going to Petordre. Rangers got a more than decent record. Yeah, and, uh, good record up there. Good place to go and play. As I said, it's a feisty encounter. Um, I heard Michael Beale say there that Rangers played well the last time, but I think Aberdeen played into Rangers' hands. The way they, they were so open. Um, as I said and I think Aberdeen are lucky to get away with a 4-1 um, result I it could have been double that uh, no, no doubt in my mind so it'll be interesting to see what way Aberdeen set up, out but whether that's going to attack Rangers or sitting behind the ball that they did against Celtic Rangers need to come back with three points that's that's obvious because if they don't well it's making it even harder my focus at the minute is two things really, is to give the team real clarity on how we want to play, to make us hard to beat and also good with the ball, but also it's to recover the, the injuries that we have because it's in my three and a half years here previously, we never had a situation like this. I think last week we probably had an 11 unavailable as strong as the 11 we had on the pitch. Now, if they're all available, it makes a strong Rangers here in training and then into the games, but at the moment, you would say we're, we're more vulnerable than what we have been in, in many a year. 11 players as strong as the 11 they played, Mark. Yeah, and so if you think about that, it's, it's, it's a fair point too in terms of the the standard at training, you know, and, and, and like pushing yourself if, yeah. if the level of opposition, if you're playing games, you know, that kind of thing. So, aye, listen, it's a fair point. Another thing you've got to remember, he said one game. 
um, as a manager he's probably in terms of proper training sessions been able to work them and spend a bit of time uh, with him he's probably had maybe 11 or 12 uh, sessions so it's going to take time there's no doubt um, about that um, and that's why I think that, that for him just work away on it improve the squad in January you know, really get your recruitment department you know, working out their skins to, to, to improve the squad even if he can only bring in two can't use January's like, oh it's a difficult yeah. month I hate that You know, it's absolute nonsense all that Listen, yeah of course the summer's a better time to go and get them but you can still do business in January you can still improve your squad. you're not telling me there's no players out there that Rangers can go and get to improve the, you know, not improve their squad so there's no excuses get the work done next month and improve your squad and go and win a cup no, I think he's got two first targets win your games win this is midweek beat Celtic at Irox show that you're capable of, of, of beating Celtic the best team in the country that's a marker you've got to go and do that um, I still think even if they do it's too much for them to win the league because Celtic are so strong but go and win a cup basically four games well, they're two games away from winning the league cup four games away from, from winning a Scottish cup go and do it that's what he's got to do that's a realistic target Barry yeah, in terms of the injuries there look there is important players out injured yeah. but I'm thinking back when Gio was in charge and I looked at the St Johnson game the St Murn game and I looked at the starting 11 there's still enough there I'm not going to use it as an excuse yep, yep you are hurting a bit we're losing some important players and, and leaders but still in that that starting 11 in my eyes I know people maybe disagree I still think there was enough there to go and do the, the business and get the three points just the performances weren't good enough just before I get your score lines for tomorrow, well done, Partick Thistle. Big win for them against Air United. Yeah. And they're on 27 points. Most of the games were off. So Air on the top on 32. Dundee on 31. Queen's Park on 30. Morton 29. And then the Jags on 27. That was a big result. Mark, score line tomorrow night. What do you think? Aberdeen, nil Rangers, 1. 1 0 Rangers. Yeah, Barry? That's my score line. The same yeah, I've got it written well. down here. Yep, 1 0 Rangers. John Hartson will join us tomorrow night on the programme. Thanks so much. See you later in the week. Coming up next, it's Joe Cold Day after the news with Sophie. And we're back tomorrow night at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.